You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Chicken Nick Podcast is brought to you by Revolution Wraps. If you are looking for a fun, new, exciting way to take your marketing to the next level, then I introduce you to Revolution Wraps. They produce large format graphics. They have quality installations for vehicle graphics, window, wall graphics, interior and exterior signage, and trade show displays. They do everything in-house from design to production to installation. They are going to take your marketing to the next level. It's Revolution Wraps. Check them out, revolutionwraps.com. The Shake and Nick Show also brought to you by Dundee Bank. Dundee Bank, planting roots across Omaha. They're nourishing neighborhoods as they grow. They're a local bank that values community above all else, and they always will be. From personal checking and savings to money markets, certificates of deposit, health savings accounts, consumer lending, and IRAs, they've got you covered. Dundee Bank. Member FDIC. All right. So typically after we have uh, those reads that you just heard, you hear the song uh, from straight out of junior high. They sang the song and we do the song and we do the show and we have some fun. And here we are. Uh, just full disclosure. We were going to do that. We had a, a podcast that was already done in the can. It was in the can. Your favorite right. phrase. It was in the can. It was in the can. It's where, when we worked, I like to kick you in the can. And and so uh, I was going on vacation, so we recorded a couple of pods. We're like, look, College World Series, nothing's going to happen there. Nebraska Athletics, nothing going to happen there. <laughs> Over <for> 2. <laughs> what? I mean, seriously, what could possibly happen at the College World Series that would be controversial, worthy of discussions? And, I mean, it's late June. Nothing's going to happen with Nebraska. Boy, oh boy. So I got yanked out of vacation. Uh, I'm sitting here in my parents' house in Colorado. We're about to take a family photo, and uh, it's raining out there. We're getting real. uh, So it's Keith in Chicago here with Matt in Denver. So uh, figured it'd take 10, 15 minutes here to talk about the stuff, the big stuff, and then – We'll play for you what we had uh, lined up for you, which was some college football playoff talk, which that's what everyone's talking about right now. That's the topical thing, especially in Nebraska. People want to talk about college football playoff expansion that's not going to happen for a few years. That's what people want. And a format that still won't include them. So... (laughs) How dare you? uh... (laughs) Okay, give it to me. Give me... Okay, we were... Let's... let's, Does it pass this... Bill Moose... Yikes.com. You can go to that website for more information on everything that's happened with Bill Moose. Howdareye.com is also a website that I think the Nebraska fans are wanting to put some more information on there about everything. And you could also go to Jed's website of what the heck is this for just everyone's reaction for all this here. What I mean, where do you want to start? I think the, uh, well, first of all, you don't smoke peyote. Well, no, first of all, you don't I, smoke I, um, peyote. I don't even know if I have access to any of these. But um, We're FaceTiming each other, beating dubs for everyone at home. We are. If the audio is not good, I apologize, uh, essentially on a phone here. But um, No, it wasn't the a phone fact- call. It was FaceTime. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine right now we'd play that drop and it'd be, oh, it'd right. be great, you know? would have been great. Yeah. Everything would have been much better than it probably is uh, now. Did you read our our good pal Dirk Chatlin had just a, a great write-up today in the Omaha World-Herald kind of chronicling that – because I idiotically thought, like, well, this, the dysfunction started when Steve Peterson showed up. It's like, no, basically there has kind of been drama and dysfunction – for the better part of uh, since since Bob Devaney kind of stepped into that athletic director role and what it was going to look like when he left and all that, like 
This drama and dysfunction have been synonymous with Nebraska football and its athletic department for a long, long time. And Dirk kind of spelled that out. But it's just amazing to think that Bill Moose, Bill Moose is going to last. His tenure was shorter than almost everyone else's tenure, who we wrote off as like everyone else's tenure was just awful, right? You know, like, oh, Sean Eichhorst, yeah. oh, my God, oh. Tom Osborne, who was, uh, quote, interim, and then they removed the tag, but you didn't know how long he would be there. That was a year and a half right. longer than Bill Moose. And, yeah, Steve Peterson lasted a year more than Bill Moose. Um, but, yeah, the, my new jerk reaction when it happened is, okay, like Seinfeld, something happened. Right. right. Like, well, uh, maybe, maybe something happens to you on the way to work. No, 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 nothing happens. <laughs> well, something happens. Something had to have happened behind the scenes, but then the more you hear, it's more like, well, it just wasn't working, and there was talk about retirement, and so it's like, well, he's maybe not, I, I don't know if this is speculation or from what I'm just reading between the lines, he just wasn't either putting in the work or the dots weren't connecting like they should have been with him at the helm, even though from the outside, like this is what's so bizarre, from the outside, you look, you go, okay, good hire there, good hire there, facilities there, groundbreaking there. What more do you want? And maybe things, maybe this just goes to show you that things get a little more magnified when football isn't winning. Like, let's be honest here. If football were winning, would Bill Moose still be athletic? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but I think things get a little more exposed. Right. Like, if you're, if you're not doing the work or, or the wires are getting crossed, things get a little more magnified. I agree. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think there's, there are, there's, there's two kind of – Schools of thought right away to look at this. I'm like, okay, is this a guy that's 70 years old that just made navigated his way through a pandemic and is just wanting to go get his ranch game right and retire? Is it that? And he's been working on this for the past handful of weeks and they figured out a way for that to happen? That's option one. Or is option two, there's something facetious, there's something more to it there's uh there's was there something going on behind the scenes that that we don't quite know about um does Nebraska have their athletic director of the future already kind of like on the hook and they need to act now I don't know I mean I think I tend to lean with the the latter that it 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 feels like pretty abrupt I mean I think just the fact that you know, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, he had an interview lined up with Bill Moose on, on Friday afternoon. It gets canceled late Thursday night. I think the quote from from Bill Moose to, uh, I think it was to Steve Sippel of saying, well, apparently, it, apparently now was the time, kind of makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit. And so you just wonder what exactly was going on behind the scenes and that that led to this because it it does feel it, it it does feel extremely sudden and it makes you go something doesn't quite smell right with all this stuff yeah maybe you know end of the fiscal year like they talk about didn't want to drag it out didn't want word to get out so they didn't even tell bill moose until it was going to be time so that the gap doesn't seem as long because like you read they probably have somebody lined up the ed stewart name former yeah. Oscar seems to be one that everyone is zeroing in on plus i will say this too that Reading what you read about Bill Moose, that when you have something like name, image, and likeness coming up, like these are, this is a huge crossroads in college athletics with student athletes, that empowerment, and athletic departments, and that relationship. If you don't have a guy who is energetic, there daily, and ready to go and connecting with those student athletes, this probably isn't the right time to ride off into the sunset in terms of the next 18 months. Totally. You might as well do it now. I, I think all of that coming to a head here this summer probably made this the right time. And everyone going, look, we need some leadership here because we're going through, as Ronnie Green would say, some uncharted territory right now. <laughs> we really are. But we're in uncharted territory. I mean, we, we just really are. No, but you're right. Like, I do think there's something – I talked to Bo about this, and Bo, there was there was always something a little interesting and unique about the Bill Moose experience of just the understanding that he wasn't in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Like, that you knew there was right. an end date, which was going to be 18 months from now, which, to your point, like, makes it so, okay, uh, Frost 
hasn't had a good start. What if there's tumultuous another season that doesn't go well, and then Moose is going to retire? What does all that look like? Everything you're saying where you are heading into the the craziest period of college athletics ever, where you need someone that yep. isn't that isn't counting that isn't just counting down the clock. You need someone that is totally invested in the future. Where let's be honest, I mean. Bill Moose wasn't that guy. No, no disrespect, he just he wasn't that guy. And so I think there also are ways you can look at this, and it doesn't have to be drama like, oh, what was going on? Well, I mean, there could be a perfectly logical explanation if you look at it from the the perspective that you and I just kind of laid out of like, man, we we need someone that isn't just that that is going to be here for a longer period of time than just the next eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. There is no more important position right now than an AD in athletic departments navigating all of this stuff. Whether right. you like the stuff or not, you have to be there. And and having a 70-year-old or whoever who's ready to ride off into the sunset, I mean, you better be ready to ride because it's going to be a rough ride. Yes. Right? I'm, I'm trying to come up off the cuff with all these analogies. Right. I use, you know, I use the ride off into the sunset. I'm trying to find out what the right phrase would be for – you know, it's going to be a rough ride, right? right. It's going to be a rough ride. Got to be a drive <laughs> <laughs> there. It was a tough ad lib that I did there. But, no, but um, you're right, though. I mean, I, I, I think of the analogy I kept thinking of is just like, okay, so my wife is a nurse, and you know they have their twelve hour shifts, and so let's say her shift is ending at six p.m., and they know at about five fifteen p.m. There's going to be there's some crazy stuff coming to the hospital, right? Well, that's kind of hard because Kim Kim leaves in 45 minutes, so she's like, "Listen, like, I'm gonna I'm kind of here to help, but like at 6 p.m. I'm out of here, right? Like, and frankly, I've already mentally checked out. And frankly, I've ever since I had lunch, I've really been already my mind's been home. So. I, I think when you the more I've worked because I think when you first hear the news, we're programmed, especially in this state, to think drama. What's going on? Something crazy behind the scenes. Whoa! What's the scoop? What are you hearing? Maybe maybe it's the more I've thought about it over the weekend, and the more you talk it out. Like I do think there could be an element of something more at play here, but I also think all the things we're laying out makes it understandable why Nebraska would go. We need to. Like, especially if, let's say, Ed Stewart's their guy, and Ed Stewart is saying, yeah, I'm in. Like, you're right. let's put yourself in Ronnie Green's position or the Regents or whatever, and you're like, okay, we got our guy that we think is the right dude to navigate us into the next, you know, uncharted territory of, of directing an athletic department. We need to right. move now, you know? And then think about it, too. He served his purpose just for, like, served his purpose. Osborne was there to mend fences, uh, to, you know, make the Bo Pelini deal, 10 miles, all that. And Darren Erstad, you've got Fred Hoiberg hire, Scott Frost hire, fundraising, the groundbreaking. He's done what he was really from the outside, what he was expected or hoped you could do. And frankly, from a fan's perspective, I don't believe he could have done any better like that that's if, if i'm a fan that's what i'm thinking what more did you want him to do so obviously there's some internal strife or disconnect of look there's a lot going on behind the scenes here where we need someone now that we've got those big boxes checked there's so many little things here and a big thing with nil that we got to figure out here moving forward and and bill probably from what you read right. wasn't the guy who was it's like saying hey let's re-energize our program it's that time here's an 80 year old <laughs> you know Frank Solich or Larry Coker, whatever he's going to do. Right, like, you know? No, you, you got to hire the sexy defensive coordinator, right? Or the, the, the right. big group of five. Well, right? I think, okay, we've all been to a college bar and it's a college, you know, the 21-year-olds are ready to dance from from midnight to 2 a.m. Are you, you know, RIP, I think Casey Kasem has passed away, but are you bringing up Casey Kasem to DJ at the college <laughs> bar from midnight to 2 a.m.? You know and I'm like. And this one, this is Elton John, "Candle in the Wind." Everybody's like, "What? What is? I don't, I don't understand what's happening here." Like, you need the right person at the, you know, with their hands on the wheel. And I don't know if he was necessarily that guy. But with that said, to your point, like, depending on how you want to, what you want to focus on, or depending on who you talk to, or what you hear, 
You could certainly paint, like like you said, Moose. You read? I read a story in the World Herald. Moose wasn't around very much. Right. Moose, like you can paint wasn't it. Going to like, games, wasn't going to games. Right. But then you can also say, ultimately, an athletic director is judged upon his hires. Well, the three biggest hires, like he got, he got three home run hires. Now I know Frost and Hoiberg haven't worked out, but like, what? Everybody wanted Frost. Literally everybody. Florida, Florida State, Tennessee. Everybody wanted him. And then. You know how many programs would have fired their coach to hire Fred Hoiberg a couple of years ago? A lot of them. And then Will Bold has, Bold has clearly worked. So I think he's probably done a better job than people would want to give him credit for. Yeah, Bill Moose was one of the initial things was to improve the culture enough to attract Scott Frost. Yes. Right? I mean, Scott Frost is on record as saying, I wasn't coming here until things changed. And that's all about Sean Ollie, of course, and, and the stuff going on behind the scenes there. Right. So Bill Moose comes in, and obviously he's an affable guy, a personable guy. Scott liked him, and it was good enough to bring a guy home who felt betrayed in yeah, a lot of ways. Right. So he mended fences, much like Osborne, mended fences back in the day and tried to bring people together. The only thing missing is the W's. Yep. Right. Like that's. But I think it's it's an odd tenure in that he's going to be remembered for doing most everything fans hoped he would do, and then with a disclaimer of, but he can't coach. Right. right. Like yeah. Like, but they like, didn't he, win. He literally because sometimes you can do everything right. This is true in life, man. Like you can do everything right, and it still might not work. And right. that's kind of like if Bill Moose was going to write a book right now. That would be the title of it. Like, I did everything right, and it still kind of didn't work. Like, that's kind of how it is so far. And so that's not to say that it's not going to work eventually, And which leads me to, and we can, we can wrap it up here if you want, but what do you think this means? Like, everything, everybody always wants to go back to, what does this mean for Frost? What does this mean for the future of the football program? Like, what's your take on that? Well, it definitely, depending on who the AD is, definitely puts Scott Frost in a more precarious spot. Because when you, no matter what school you're talking about, if they care about football and the AD didn't hire the coach, you're in a precarious spot. It's like a news director at a TV station or, frankly, uh, Nick, at a radio station. We don't know anything uh, about that. A, a general manager who yeah. might come in who didn't start your show, didn't hire your show, and has no allegiances to you and knows that if your show doesn't succeed, it means nothing for his job security because he didn't, he had nothing to do with you. So in my mind, that means a little bit of that where maybe the pressure's on, whether it's a Ed Stewart or Trevor Alberts or Matt Davison, however, no matter what names you want to throw out there. Now, Davison would obviously be the one where right, Scott would right. feel a little more. They'll Thelma and Louise but. that thing. They'll go out to Chimney Rock and Thelma and Louise that thing. <laughs> Could you imagine them just going off the cliff? They're going to. Matt Davison tired as the AD. They will straight up Thelma and Louise the thing. Yeah, two years from now, back-to-back four or five win seasons. And you know what? After the game's over, they don't make a bowl game, don't make the playoff, obviously. And they just, in the parking lot, get into a car and drop the Jimmy Rock. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I mean, whenever the eight, yeah. that you, you just said it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think this puts like, this isn't like when Eichhorst was fired and Moose brought in and you're Mike right. Riley. Like, that's not right. this situation. This isn't Tom Osborne with Bill Callahan. Yes. It has nothing to do It's with nothing right. to do that. But nevertheless, when, like you said, when the guy that hired you is no longer there, the situation changes a bit. Here, here's the thing with this. Sean Eichhorst was an outsider. He hires an outsider in Riley. Fires an insider, basically, yeah. in Bo Pelini, right? Bill Moose comes in, fires the outsider, hires the insider. Now the next AD, if he's an outsider, the I'll put it this way. It better be painfully obvious there needs to be a change in head coach, right? Because what you know, Bill Moose hires the guy everyone wants. Right. You can't fire the guy everyone still wants. No question. Right? Or, and so if it's an Ed Stewart who's an insider – Maybe there's some leeway there. If it's Davison, obviously, like, again, I don't think it's going to be. But the point is, if it's a guy who, like, Jamie Pollard is a wish list thing, which I don't think I don't he would see take that the at job. All, but, but again, right. But let's say it is him. 
let's say let's say it is, and he he makes that decision after maybe they win five games this year or w- whatever it might be. Now you're back to where you were with people are just fight. There's infighting. No so doubt. It needs to be, and I think every time it has been, maybe outside of Polina, I don't think it was painfully obvious, but there was such a culture war going on that maybe it was. But it has been obvious when they've made these changes, so you hope that's not an issue. But, again, there's no one more who's inside the Beltway head coach than Scott Frost, maybe in all of college football, who won a national championship with your program. And so – there is going to be uh, certainly a lot of fan interest. In I never thought of it that way. Thinks. Yeah, I never thought of it that way of like, whoever it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, Brett, you're a member of the Big Ten. It's, you know, it's an, an incredible fan base. There's a lot of ways that you could say this is an attractive job if you're an athletic director. But ultimately, I would think most athletic director potential athletic directors view a job as, okay, well, what's my main sport? And what's the current state of that main sport? And then who's the head coach? And can I, and can I win to the level that I'm the, expecting? Right. To, and but, you, and if you yeah. look at it, all that, all that, like I could see how there's a lot of coaches or a lot of ADs that would look at the Nebraska job and go, no, thanks. Like you got the golden boy, Scott Frost as the head coach, things aren't going well. The, the Nebraska's not won a conference championship in tr- two decades. The fan base really expects that. Uh, they've fired a couple of nine-win coach. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that if you aren't familiar, that's why Ed that's why Ed Stewart kind of makes sense to me. You know, because like he can kind of understand all of that stuff. Agreed, and hopefully whoever the hire is would need to understand what realistically Nebraska can achieve, right? Ed Stewart, I know of him. I've seen him. I don't know what he believes Nebraska should be. He played on a national championship team, just like Scott Frost did. So if he comes in here, is he like, hey, I don't recognize this place. We should be, I mean. No, I know what you're saying, though. I mean, Ed Stewart won a tie. I think he was the big eight defensive player of the year in 1994. Did you just say, I think, even though you know... I read it in the newspaper! But I think... You know, I, think he, I think he was. I think he had, like, 10 tackles for loss in the, in the, in the, in, 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 and he had a Hubert car in the bucket seat and he went to Chevy Yukonox and he also had a couple tackles for loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did she get naked in the bucket seats? Did she go to HubertCars.com and get naked in the bucket seats? I caught myself, by the way, last episode, I said, I listened back to part of it, and I said, I was talking about Nunez, the guy from Michigan. I go, oh, I think boy. he had 10 games off the bench. He played 10 games. <laughs> I was reading his bio. Look at you. Look at you. We're, we're all, all guilty fall. of it. Just because we're pointing it out doesn't mean that we haven't committed that atrocity numerous times. <laughs> I just did, you know? But it's interesting. Like, <sighs> Is anyone going to be hired as an AD here and go, I recognize this place? <laughs> yeah, nobody. Literally nobody. I don't, I don't know. And then, and then there's, I don't even know if I want to go there. There's everybody knows there's a, there's Scott Frost and his Q rating among certain former players and other former players. There's a big divide from, there's usually like you, there's a, based on what I have seen, draw the line right after that 1995 team. If you were, if you are around after that, you probably are cool with Scott Frost. If you were around before that, there's there's some issues. So, like, I'm just saying, even the Ed Stewart thing. Now, I also think, you know, that's, this, you're talking about stuff that was 25, 30 years ago. Like, you know, you would think people can move on from certain things. But I'm just, the Ed Stewart thing makes sense to me. But then there's also a bunch of things within that that you go, well, I wonder what he thinks about X, Y, Z. And I don't know, man. I, I uh... And, hey, how about this? Executive Associate Commissioner for Football for the Big 12. Hey, let's start the uh, realignment rumor. Let's do it. Fire it up. Let's fire it up. Nebraska back. That'll, that'll, that'll be perfect. Mr. Stewart, congratulations on, uh, on being the new AD at Nebraska. Just wondering, you come from the Big 12. Any interest in Nebraska moving back to that? <laughs> Maybe that's what we're forgetting. You know, I could, Osborne, 
hired to fire Bill Callahan, you know, Moose hired to fire Mike Riley, Ed Stewart hired to put Nebraska back in the Big 12. <laughs> and then we're and then it's just right back to where it was. That's what it's what it is. And his and his biography will be the autobiography with the same thing. I did everything I was expected to do. Right. What I hey. I delivered the Big 12. I brought him home. You know what? Your fans, you got a lot of drivable games now, don't you? You like that trip to Manhattan, don't you? <laughs> We're back. So, yeah, it's um, it, it, isn't it funny though in business when you aren't as successful, there's more turnover. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, right. It, and what and what's the chicken and egg? Right? Is it That's... lack of stability that leads to that, or vice versa? You could argue both ways, but you've seen the last twenty years here. That's, That's what I wonder. I mean, it's, it's a revolving door. Coach AD, Coach AD, and 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 not a lot of benchmark wins. Because that's the one thing that is the most. I'm I I am sincerely. We use the word stunned too much, but like I am stunned. Like when Mike when when Scott Frost was hired and Bill Moot. Like uh, one thing I thought it was like okay, finally Nebraska is going to get out of the drama business. They're going to get out of that toxic fan base where there's that line drawn and you either are for the coach or against the coach or there's a referendum on the program after every single Saturday like I thought okay this is so exciting because Nebraska is finally going to move away from all that and I am just so surprised that here we are three years into this thing beginning year four and it's been a lot of drama it's been a lot of lines drawn amongst the fan base. You either believe or you don't. And it's it's just kind of all been rinse and repeat. And to your point, you wonder like, okay, is the, what comes first? Is it the drama and dysfunction and the losing on the field? Is it the losing on the field and the drama and dysfunction? I don't know. E- either way, it's I am I am truthfully stunned that that we are we are having conversations like this and dealing with stories like this, the Oklahoma debacle, the, you know, all these different things that you just didn't think right, would, would be a part. Ten, right. The big 10 start and stop right. and the schedule. All, yeah. All that stuff. Didn't think yeah. it would happen. Yeah. But to that point, Bill Moose has been a champion for this program, right? right? He has fought for this program. He hasn't been quiet. He hasn't acquiesced. He said, look, I'm going to fight for this. You would think he went to Nebraska, right. right? With the way that he fought for the program, and so it's the odd tenure that ends shorter than it should. It feels like a firing instead of a retirement. Yet, for most fans, and maybe for those covering it too, I don't know how they all feel locally that they liked him. Right? I liked him. I, I, I loved knowing that if I heard Bill Moose talk, I was going to learn something, and maybe he'd say something that was off of the talking points because he rarely stuck to the script. Yes. And I like that. I did too. I like that. I did too. I don't I, I you rarely hear that 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 at least media members didn't enjoy Bill Moose. You know? And yeah. and again, like I said, I mean, you like, made you made an ESPN.com story because of Bill You owe him your career. I owe him everything. I owe Bill Moose everything. And at the end of the day, like you said, he hired Scott Frost, Fred Hoiberg, Will Bolt, broke ground on a hundred and fifty five million dollar facility, all under his watch. During- on the heels of a pandemic, he did the last. He part. did the last. Part. So, so, I mean, pretty good, pretty good. Not bad. Not uh, bad. Tip of the cap to you, uh, Mr. Bill Mr. Moose. Moose. Um, quickly, the College World Series stuff. Uh, NC State getting bounced. It's not. It's not good for anybody. No. I felt. I felt brutal. Sick it's my just stomach brutal. as I'm reading the stuff. Like college, we're all excited about the CWS coming back and full capacity and all this. And there's just so many things where you go, there. Like I hate the what aboutism, but I found myself doing it. Like okay, I get that, but what about that? What about the stands? What about okay? So they can't compete, but they could go and watch the game. Okay, wait, they're vaccinated, they were tested, but they're positive. So why aren't we just still testing everybody then if we're if it's about health and being safe, right? Like because we got to make sure nobody has it. I'm just my mind goes a lot of different places, but the bottom line of the whole thing was it was bad for the NCAA, it was bad for NC State. No one won in the whole thing. Even Vanderbilt lost yep. because yeah. if they go on to win this thing, there's not going to be an asterisk. But, but they got to feel a, a little weird yeah, about but, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you. I mean, I think uh, regardless of how you how you feel about COVID, 
the policies, the restrictions, or whatever, regardless how you feel about it. I feel like I've talked to people that, you know, on one side of it, and I've talked to people on the other side of it. And I think the one thing I think everyone can agree on, especially as it pertains to sports, is there have been a lot of what about it. Like, there's been a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of, well, hold on. If you're doing this, then how does that make sense? And if you're going to do that, then how does this make sense? And I think, unfortunately, this kind of slides into that a little bit. Uh, and so it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's just sad. Like, it's just... It is just sad to think that yeah. they're they're on the precipice of of achieving something, and boom, they're set, they're sent yeah. home. Brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're doing local media. We're having media do stuff by Zoom, but fans are high fiving the players, you know, in the hotels. And doing I'm like, look, I, I know it's not a bubble, but I mean, and I, it's like I, I get it. COVID's not over, but sometimes we act like it is. Like I'm just, it's weird. I mean, it's like, weird. I mean, even it, I, I yeah. still watch the NBA, and it's like. You know, I mean, Paul George is on the floor banging with everybody, and then he goes to the sidelines and he puts a mask on. And you're just kind of like, okay, well, what? I mean, I, I understood it, I think, for a while, but then it gets to where, like, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. Like, Yeah, it's almost – it's some of it, to be honest, feels like it's to make the viewer feel good. Right. Like, honestly. Like, you know, it's chin straps instead of face mask, like all this stuff. I don't want to go down a whole Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't either. And I mean, and, yeah, but, but it's just, but I guess what I'm saying it's, is it's just kind of, unfortunately, it's a little, it's been a little bit par for the course yeah. on a lot of inconsistencies. And listen, like nothing's perfect with the pandemic. Like you're not going to have the most perfect policy that is perfect, that applies to every, like th- that's when you're expecting perfection in an imperfect situation, you're that's that's sometimes on you but nevertheless it doesn't mean that within sports there have been wild inconsistencies that have left people scratching their head yeah and um yeah feel bad for nc state and everything and the whole just terrible terrible timing and um elliot event has been this was like the the chance to do it right and and now you're just i mean yeah i I, I, it's it's listen i know there that you keep everything into perspective right like people i mean i think you can say that about sports for everything. It's like, oh, it's devastating. It's like, really devastating? There are things that are actually devastating. A sporting event's not that. But, I mean, it is. Like, th- this is this is a lot of these kids' dreams, and they're right on the brink of it, and boom. Like, it's just, yeah. it's done. Yeah, Horrible. yeah, and I'm never... And I'm never going to be the one that, you know, and I see the knee jerk was, well, you should have been vaccinated. Okay, fine. If you want to be that flippant about it, how about just the fact that they chose not to do it and now this just sucks. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, and, and had they, would we be here? I don't know. Probably not. But right. uh, I'm never going to cast aspersions because people decide to do something or not, but I am allowed to feel bad for them mm-hmm. for some of the consequences for some people's inaction or, or doing it. Right, and I, right. You know, right. like we said, we talk about the word grace a lot, and, and you wish people would would show a little bit more of that. But then you go on to the, the finals, and it's all SEC, and um, and you will not be attending. <laughs> you would have liked today, you, today though. Uh, I did have to volunteer to help out with Mavis T ball. So you boys out there, actually, like technically, you can add to Nick Ball's resume, baseball coach. And yeah, the thing awesome. I was telling everybody was. Even when it comes to T-ball, the reason I'm a little f- frustrated, don't know how much I can provide a lot of insight, is I like pitching. <laughs> I like pitching. And there is no pitching. And there's no pitching. I'm like, all right, here we go. Baseball coach time. Where are the pitchers? There are none. Uh-oh. Not good. Ah! I like pitching. Oh, that's good. Um, all right, so here's the deal. Do we just play the podcast that we had ready and people can just take it or leave it? Is that how we do this? At I don't this know. Point? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, how long have we been going here? We've been About going 33 minutes. And the, the other thing is a half hour. I mean, could we, should we, do we post these separately? I mean, we're doing this live. We're, we're workshopping this live. You know, um, I mean, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with combining the two. What is easier? I would, you know what? I'm going to go the laser. What's the easiest thing for everybody? Is it easier to just package it all or it's separate? I think it's easier to just, we'll just put this out there and then right now, or as we finish here in like 10 seconds from now, we will just start with the original podcast was going to be, which was about the college football playoff expanding and what that might be. Perfect. I think that's a perfect idea. Let's do it. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know what our cold open was, but here's uh, what we were going to do in a parallel universe. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I've thought about this a lot. Full disclosure, we are recording this many, many days before this one airs, yep. uh, and we hope that is okay with all of you, and uh, frankly, if it's not, you already clicked listen, and we've already won. It's too late. It's, it's too late for you at this point. I am still I am still in Florida. I'm still in this office that's echoey, but we still have things to talk about that, uh, that we're going to dive into. We will get into the uh, college football playoff because we have not weighed in on that yet, but what a great uh, evergreen topic to talk about if you record a little bit in advance. However, we did uh, last week ask you a very important question. And the question, and your question was, is... And your question is... And your question is... Ah! Does this Twitter account need more weekly polls? <laughs> yes. And uh, at last check... Uh, yes, had more than 80% of the vote. Well. Now, Sean had a great question. He says, are you saying yes or yeah? Are you saying pan or pam? Great question. That is a good question. You've got to differentiate between the two. You've got to know. I'm glad the people have spoken. We just gotta, we're here to serve the people. They want more polls. We're going to give them more polls. We will do more of that. That is our pledge to you. But you did hear, you did hear Jim Mora offer the... <laughs> Offer one of the great sound bites of all time. Do you remember the question? Playoffs. Like, don't talk about playoffs. What was the question that led up to that? Like, what someone just asked about this team's chances of going to the playoffs or something after a loss? Or yeah, like, hey, what does this mean in terms of the playoffs oh, or yeah, positioning okay. for the playoffs? And we look if we win a game. Like, uh, right. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where. Where that is, I think in that game, Peyton Manning threw like four picks, and he was a scrub. He never turned out to anything. Yeah, so. overrated. Way overrated. One of the more overrated players. I'm not so sure, side note, thinking of Peyton Manning, I'm not so sure that my favorite ESPN This Is Sports Center commercial isn't Eli and Peyton on the tour acting like they're 10 years old, flicking each other, yes. and Archie staring back. And I just, I don't know, I that tickles me. It'll always make me smile. I love it. I enjoy that one. I enjoyed that one. Um, the the brotherly love and the brotherly uh, kicks on the hiney. I yes. enjoy that. Um, Are you saying pan or pam? Okay, that doesn't. Yes. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. So we haven't had like a conversation about the college football playoff and the the discussion of the expansion. And uh, by the time this airs, I don't believe anything will have changed. So it's a good time to to discuss it, but increasing it from four to 12 is something that has been proposed. And when that first happened, when you first heard 12 instead of four, what was your knee jerk? My, my knee jerk was one. I was happy that we were expanding, you know, like you got to be happy with some change, but I've always, and maybe this is on me. I've always felt like eight was more of the right number to me. So I, in my mind, I've been, Eight, eight's the number, eight's the number, eight's the number. And I have my way that I would structure it and all that. So 12, I wasn't necessarily enamored with that being the number, but I also feel like there's a whole, you know, beggars can't be choosers element of like, it, listen, I'm just, I want it, I want to expand past four. And if it's 12, great. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about it, but I still feel like eight's the right number. What was, is, are you with me? Did you like eight? I felt eight was enough. I thought 16 would be too many. I'd never thought about 12. Right. And the reason I never thought about 12 is because I never thought we'd get there. But now that we're there, or at least headed that way, I think this plan is one of the more, and I don't want to give too much credit here, but one of the more ingenious plans that they have come up with and when I say they I mean just working groups associated with college football and those who were involved with this I give a big hat tip to like I there, there aren't too many flaws in this I think the only flaws have to do with cosmetics 
but if the only thing we're worried about is like where the games are played and not necessarily the construction of the playoff, then that means we're in a really good spot. And frankly, I can't wait. I think it's I think it's long overdue to get to this point. I'm yes. just shocked that we it looks like we're gonna make it. Yeah, I well what do you think? What's the catalyst to it? I think the uh, those associated with college football see where the landscape of television viewing is headed and see where college football is headed, which is an increasingly regionalized sport. Right. And the fact is when three-fourths, if not two-thirds of the country are not included in your most important games, your sport cannot survive. Or maybe the better word is cannot thrive in that environment. Right. And, or thrive to the like maximize what yeah. thriving w- could be you know like yeah. it's always it, going to be a profitable venture for uh, those that are involved but not only not only are you know two thirds of the country not involved in the biggest sport or part of the time of your sport which is the playoff but I, I always look at it first because there's a lot of different ways you can look at it from that standpoint but then I always still look at it from a from the you know college football players the coaches and the programs it's also not good when I mean chick would you say I mean, north of two-thirds of your teams in FBS football are instantly probably not going to make the playoff, too. So, like, not only is parts of the country, and those things go hand-in-hand, hand, right? So it's not just interest and eyeballs. It's also, like, you know, the long-term ramifications of just the fact that, you know, all group of five schools have zero chance to ever make the playoff in the four-team format. And, like, you can poo-poo that if you want, but over the course of time, that's a problem for the long term, as you said, you know, kind of like maximizing what the sport can be. And so I, I, I tweeted out something like it, it almost feels like a lot of college football people have developed Stockholm syndrome with the way college football crowns a champion and the way they do their postseason. It's almost like the, the people that are still arguing for four teams are still arguing that we should have never gone away from the, you know, the AP poll and the coaches poll. We should have never gone away from the BCS. It's like, I just think they don't know how bad and how poorly constructed college football's postseason has almost always been. And finally, we're going to get something that resembles something that, that is at least going to satisfy a large portion of people. It's like when you are, your kids get older and you start looking at pictures or thinking about when they were younger, you go, man, I wish we could go back to those younger days. Right. I wish we could go back to when they were babies. I miss holding a baby. And you don't even remember or choose to forget about changing diapers, being woken up in the middle of the night, right. uh, having to getting make sure on, that the getting, tipping, yeah. tiptoeing around a room, making right. sure your day's being dictated, your quality of your day dictated by the sleep of your child. Like all of the things that make having a baby so challenging, you don't even think about because you gloss it over with how cute that was, right? right. How awesome that was to be a dad of a young little baby. And you realize, wait a second. There were a lot of tough things about that. There were a lot of things that, yeah, it was great, but I like that they're growing up. This is good. I get to do this, that, and the other with them. And so it's a lot like how we look back at the BCS. Oh, it was so cute with two teams in and fewer people felt left out. I remember watching those BCS shows going, I don't know how they came up with this formula. I don't even think we have control over what our team can do, like my team. Like I remember being a Colorado fan going, Look, they just beat Nebraska, but and they beat Texas, but it probably doesn't matter because they're going to get left out of this top two because of this formula that I don't understand. And so, yeah, I, I think there is that syndrome of things just get better with age yes. in the rear view. Yes, and when you, you realize, admit. like, oh, I miss dating. What? Right? Like, Do you are really you serious? <laughs> I mean, to me, I even go like one of the if you're writing down some of the most noteworthy things of Scott Frost's playing career at Nebraska. One of the first things I think about was his speech Hmm. politicking on that they deserve the national championship for Tom Osborne. I don't think there's anybody out there that with a clear conscience can say that Nebraska, and especially Tom Osborne, that great man, doesn't deserve a national championship for this. At least a share. Stop for a second. Everyone stop for one second and really digest that moment that they just played a game and it was like, they still felt like they had to art like, no, no, this game that you weren't sure was the national title or not. And if 
and if we would have won, we would have said this wasn't the winner of this game wasn't automatically the title. Like we have to argue why we're the title. It'd be like the NIT winner being like, I just think Jamie Dixon and TCU, this great man, he deserves the national championship. Not like it's absurd. If you started a sport today, there's no way you would structure your postseason and how you crown the champion of your sport the way college football has done it for forever. Whether it's the eight, the, the voters and the polls or the BCS and now this four-team playoff, like there's no way you would structure it like this. It's so dumb, and I'm just so glad that we're eventually gonna we're making progress towards getting out of this terrible this terrible spot we're in because I just college football I'm a college football guy over an NFL guy give me a good Saturday over a good Sunday 100 times out of 100 but I it's it's bizarre how much I just cannot stand its postseason it's just bizarre and now hopefully it's going to get better you're right in that one of the toughest things to explain to a child isn't the birds and the bees isn't how babies are made uh, isn't aren't any things like that about life? It's about why is this undefeated team not included in a national championship chase? Right, right. It's what is the bowl alliance back in the day? How did they do the BCS? What did that even mean? And how come that team that won all of its games is wondering if it's going to be able to play for a national championship? Well, son, right. why don't you just ask me how babies are made? I'd rather talk <laughs> about that. Like because. I understand that. I don't understand this. It's a, and I'm with you. It, it, we're finally getting to a point where when guys walk off of a football field, having won a championship, a conference championship, they will know beyond the shadow of a doubt, most of them anyway, whether or not they've won something even more, a berth to play for a national title. And that's how it should be. Right. Objective standards over subjective measures. Boom. And that's where we're headed. That's what sports is. A scoreboard means something. Wins and losses mean something. It shouldn't be left up to 13 people in a boardroom to decide whether or not you're included. I I think it was you, Shik, that said... And maybe you stole this from somebody, but I'll, you know, it'll be like you miss 99% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. Like, but... (laughs) Where college football is the only sport where we got to guess. Like, we don't yeah, know. Right. And and yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah, you, can you sit here and say, well, man, hey, Cincinnati would never beat Ohio, would never beat Clemson. Right? Like, okay, sure, if, if those two teams got on the football field, would I pick Clemson to win? I would. But we don't know that for sure. We don't. Like, you don't know that. Just like... You don't. Did we think Oral Roberts was going to beat Ohio State in the NCAA tournament this year? No, but that's why you play the game. You don't know, and it's somehow the only sport where we don't. Where, like you said, we have to guess, yeah. and like, and it's the only sport where a team can win every game they play, and you won't even. And there's a chance you don't even play for a national championship. You don't even a chance to play for it, and. How people can sit there and think that like this is yeah this is this is good this is what you want I just it's bizarre to me it it is bizarre how people have talked themselves into this and yeah I mean twelve is a number I hadn't thought about help me out like I guess I shame on me for not digging in how are they handling group of five schools in this this playoff the beauty of this whole thing is that they're handling them just like they are the power five. Good. Okay, because that's the one flaw yeah. in my – when I would structure things. I was that guy that was like five power five conference champs, then three at large with one right. spot reserved for the highest rated group of five. But in some ways, like, I'm still kind of minimizing the group of five to a certain extent. I, so maybe, maybe the 12 is better for what I argue in that regard. Yeah, because you would have, like, if you had automatic power five in no matter what, you could have a really bad team. Yes. Right? You could have a really bad team in there, and that was one of the fears of it. And, you know, I went back and looked, and I had stats and info, ESPN stats and info, give me the numbers on it. How many teams ever entered the college football uh, or the bowl season with three or more losses that won a conference championship? Because that's what it was. Three losses was the cutoff. Like, no, we can't have three losses in an eight-team playoff. And the way that they did it uh, was it was like less than 10% of the time, like between 7 and 10% of the time. It hardly ever happened. So that wasn't going to happen much anyway. But now it's rarely going to happen. Like, you – 
might you have a three-loss team in there? Yeah, for an at-large because everyone gets losses and maybe that team ranked 11th or 12th might get in there as an at-large. Yeah, you might have some three-loss teams in there. But you'll at least have teams that are worthy of a higher ranking because maybe they're playing well at the right time. Like yeah. USC years ago, hey, they have three losses, but look how well they're playing. Never getting a four-teamer. Might not get into an eight-teamer. Yeah, it, but in a 12-teamer, maybe maybe absolutely. they get in. I just think that's why it might be a little more competitive in those early rounds. Where do you come out on the argument of, because everybody talks about, you know, you, some people, it's weird, some people, isn't this fascinating how some people can look at playoff expansion and argue that you make the regular season more meaningful, and some people look at playoff expansion and go, you've just taken the one great thing about college football, that every game is massively important, and you've made it so that's not the case. Where where do you come out of that as I interview Matt Schick on the Schick and Nick show? Yeah, no, I, a couple of things. One, I remember when Bill Hancock came on our show when he was the executive director of the BCS. He came on the Schick and Nick show. I've searched for the interview. I can't find it. But we talked to him, and I asked him. And again, he's paid to defend what he's paid to defend. So he's never sure. going to go, yeah, you're right. Four teams would be great, or a playoff would be great. But I remember saying, Bill, but... I understand, you know, these games matter, but wouldn't more games matter if you made some sort of playoff because more teams would be in the running? And he, you know, deflected and denied it and all those things. And that was when we had two teams, right? Right. So, yes, you expand. Here's the bottom line about about the way college football is right now, is that before the season begins, half of the, quote, eligible teams are eliminated. Yes. Okay, half of them, because it's power five. It's power five driven. So group of five, you're out. So 130 teams, 65 are in. That's it, okay? And then once the time, about the time you get to mid-October, half of those other half are done. Mm-hmm. And that, shit, that, might be, uh, that might be, half might not be high enough of a number. Yeah, half of the half. Seriously. <laughs> half, half of the half are probably still alive in mid-September end of September at the most. At right? the at, most. At the most. And then by the time you get to November, it's eight teams. Right. And so, you know, those that will say, "Well, the college football season, the regular season matters." Yeah, it matters to those teams that are involved. But to everybody else who isn't involved in the playoff, which is becoming more and more exclusive club that if you're not in it, you're one of the have-nots, those regular season games don't mean a whole heck of a lot. Like, Pac-12 after dark means zero to me when it comes to the playoff in a 14 playoff because they've made two of the 28 slots in the seven years. Right. They just haven't been good enough. Well, now maybe my team, oh, wait, we got to check out this team that might be in the playoff, and maybe we'll play this division leader in the Pac-12 South. You know, like – I. I don't know. So, yeah, it, it'll mean more longer to more fan bases. And, again, expanding the playoff has never been about crowning a different champion. Expanding the playoff has been about helping to keep more teams and, more importantly, fans engaged right. longer to a sport that is becoming increasingly regionalized and creating a true national playoff that isn't contingent on recent history, recruiting rankings, and more importantly, conference affiliation. Right. Right? Because it was more about, well, are you in this conference or not? If you're not, you're probably not getting in. Well, what does that matter? Why, why should that matter? That's exclusive. That, that's not – we're all this – in 2021 is all about inclusivity, and you're going to eliminate people right. before the season begins because of a club they belong to? And so – yeah, to that point about it, getting to like the Pac-12 aspect, like Larry Scott on his way out the door comes out and says, hey, all the Power Five should get in. All the Power Five winners should get in. Well, of course he's saying that because they've missed out on 26 of the 28 slots. Right, right. right. And then the, when the Sun Belt and the American come out and say, no, that's not how it should be. You've, you've lost your place of power when the Sun Belt is calling you. That's <laughs> so true. I, but it is like... Quick time out here from our pod to tell you about our friends at Dundee Bank. Did you know how easy it is to just switch to Dundee Bank? It's very easy. You can it's open so an account. Uh, you can update your transactions. And as they say, you will be delighted in doing so. But I do want to tell you that one of the great things about Dundee Bank, Dundee Bank is, is, uh, is a great place. But uh, I believe their slogan should be changed to what you said 
a couple of weeks ago. Would you care to revisit that? Oh, I would love to, because it's one of my favorite catchphrases that is really only exists in my mind, but we've got to make it come to, uh, to, to, to big places with Dundee Bank. And it's pretty simple. It's, you done did it. With Dundee Bank. <laughs> okay, all right. So you done did it with Dundee Bank. I'm not sure if that's exactly what they're hoping for, uh, but they have <laughs> they have locations at Dundee uh, and Blackstone uh, as well. They're in Omaha. They got a drive-through and an ATM uh, located at both spots. So please do that, uh, and they can help you in a myriad of ways. Uh, they've got great mortgage options and more than just mortgage options. They got more guidance, more expertise, and a, and a great experience from your local bank. They're flexible, simple, and sensible. And uh, they treat you like uh, you're one of theirs. And you can be at Dundee Bank. Well, and that's the thing is, is they're community-focused, small business in the heart of Omaha. And you can feel good about banking with Dundee Bank. When you done did it with Dundee Bank, this is what you done did. Dundee Bank. They have nearly 100% of your deposits are going to be filtered back into the community through loans that support local individuals, businesses, and neighborhood revitalization. So their slogan, other than you done did it with Dundee Bank, is together we build a strong community foundation, boost the economy, and strengthen small businesses. Now that's how you done did it. With Dundee Bank. Member FDIC. All right, this Chicken Nick podcast, uh, I want to tell you about our friends at Revolution Wraps. They tell you to start something big, and you're thinking, well, it's just too big. I, I, can't, I can't handle this. I want to grow my brand, my business, and, uh, and advertise it for all to see, but I don't know. It, it probably costs too much. Well, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Revolution Wraps can come up with a, an idea that fits your needs to AT. And there's so many great testimonials at revolutionwraps.com where they do custom uh, wallpaper, wall murals, but also vehicle wraps. That's really what they specialize in. Uh, decals, partial vehicle wraps, or full vehicle wraps. And you can click on the What We Do tab on Revolution Wraps and scroll down there to see. And they've got some great businesses that have wrapped their vehicles in signage. You ever see those vans oh, or, or things in, in companies and corporations driving down the street and it's got their name, it's got their phone number, it. it's got everything on it. It's like, how do they do that? They paint that on there? No, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap and it will be a wrap if you do it too. Well, and you can do it and get a little special deal for our podcast listeners right now. 20% off your next project. Make it happen. This is what you got to do. Just visit the website, revolutionwraps.com backslash Schick and Nick. Or all you got to do is just mention this ad when you contact Revolution Wraps. Again, 20% off your next project and you can have a super sweet vehicle wrap, window wall graphics, interior, exterior signage, trade show display, whatever you want to do. You get 20% off your next project. RevolutionRaps.com backslash chicken nick or mention this ad when you hit up Revolution Raps. Revolution Raps. Check them out. RevolutionRaps.com. Revolution Raps. Start something big. College football. And some would argue this is why it's great, you know, because again, it's just the 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 urgency and just the the stress of maintaining a perfect season. Like college football is is kind of become this the only sport that's just completely paralyzed by a loss. And, yeah. you, you know, I guess you know, some people like, I, I think I've heard, you know, queue up. I love Ryan Rossillo. I love Ryan Rossillo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he said, I, I think he's made comments before about how he doesn't like the idea of a team that's lost three regular season games getting an opportunity to play for a national championship. Or I think he's even pointed out that he's never been overly comfortable with the idea of like a, a nine and seven team winning the Super Bowl. And I, I just, I don't know. I also think like that, that's a, that's, a, that's a weird thing to kind of put on what you'd enjoy and who we think is the best team. And I think that also eliminates the idea that teams can improve and get better. And, you know, a, a team that loses in the second week of September might actually end up being the best team by late November. Like that can happen, but the way things are currently set up, we don't even know if that could happen because once you lose, it's over for a lot of teams. And so again, I think you're going to see a lot of people once this stuff goes into effect and we're, we're in the, the nitty gritty of it and the playoff has been going on, the 12 team playoff has been going on for a couple of years. You're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever actually thought that that the four team was better or the, the old ways were better. Like this is going to be an improvement. Agreed. It's going to be an improvement. And 
And there are going to be some downsides to this, but think about it. If the 12-teamer had been around since 2014, Penn State would have been in it roughly four times. Wisconsin would have been in it three times. Michigan in it a couple times. That, to me, is fascinating when you go back to the revisionist history of what things would have been like. So there's a lot of pros. The, the, The cons are... You know, the, maybe they'll sort it out, but you knew that they were going to include the the top tier bowl games in this, like the quarterfinals sure, being. Sure, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I'm like not sense. ready to yeah. die on that hill. Like, I mean, I yeah, I mean, dumb, I'd rather whatever. it not be that right. way. But right. if you don't, then those bowls will die too, because then you'll have the third place Big Ten team against the third fourth place, you know, yes. uh, Pac-12 team. Right. And, no offense, but that's. Maybe it's just made for TV. Maybe we've gone to the point where, hey, put it on and we'll watch it no matter who's playing. Uh, I tend to disagree with that, but as long as gambling around maybe is around, maybe that's true. But you know, the that is the the, the potential of playing seventeen games is legitimate. Sure. Jack Swarbrick says, eh, it's unlikely. Well, not really. All it would have taken was Alabama to lose the SEC championship game last year, and they're a five seed. Right. You know, right. and then you're playing seventeen. I mean, just. A conference champion or a team that looks like they're going to win the conference championship, a favorite who's a top four, loses that game, and you're out of the top four because the top four is only the highest-ranked conference champs. And so that, to me, is one where we talked about name, image, and likeness last week and pay-for-play and all that. They're going to have to find a way to split the pie on this. Right. Uh, well, and, in, and last in thing on this, and like, you know, you get the cynical people like, man – you can do all you want. It's still going to be Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Okay. You, you know what, man? You might be right. Like, you you might be right. But that's why they play the games. And the, and you don't know that for sure. You, you, don't, you, you don't know for sure that, you know, that, that UCF can't go beat Clemson. You don't know right. that. Like, I, again, I would pick Clemson, but that's why they play the game. Just like we didn't think the Giants with Eli Manning were going to beat the undefeated Patriots, but they did. They did. And and that's the beauty of sports. Like, you still got to go do it. And so I'm just thrilled. I, I'm, yeah. I, I hope this goes into effect sooner rather than later because for someone that truthfully loves college football, I just, I am, I'm always so frustrated with how we have structured our postseason, how we crown a champ, all that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And we've always judged teams and conferences on uh, how good are you? Well, how'd you do in week one or week two? Like, okay, I'm supposed right. to be in mid-season form yes. in week one or week two when oh, I'm 18 on. to 22 years old. Oh, how'd you do in the bowl game? Oh, well, did that team care? Did that team have opt-outs? Right. Like there was no win, it was a no-win situation, and so I think you'll see better non-conference games for at-larges. The strength of schedules, I think, will will be on par, if not better, moving forward. If I'm the Big Ten, I'm eliminating a conference game, and I'm doing it tomorrow to have it go into effect when the field expands, because there's no sense ha- handing half of your legal loss when you don't have to. Sure, you know there are a lot of things that uh, that uh, are associated with that, but yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be great, and um, I think we'll we'll get to a point where we'll wonder how the heck did we exactly. not do this before? Exactly. And why? And why? That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Jay. That's exactly right. Let Ooh. me ask you one more hypothetical here. Let me let me just play a little hypothetical here okay. for you. When it comes to the playoff, and one of the downsides to this. Yes, it's good to make it. What if you don't? What if you don't make the playoff? What if mm-hmm. three or four years you don't make the playoff? And we know what program we're talking about. Here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that's I mean, the one everyone thing. wants right. to talk about Michigan on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Jim Harbaugh. No, um, no, I know what you're saying because because there was a story you could always tell yourself of like you you could just create that glass ceiling for you. But like, well, listen, making it making it's impossible anyways, and and having to always have to beat Ohio state to get in is going to be impossible anyways. Right. Like the, there's been constraints put on, on the program in that regard. I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't thought about the, the other side of that. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about, yeah. okay, when you lift those, that glass ceiling and lift those constraints to a certain extent, now what's your excuse? Now what's the, st- what's the, what's 
what's the program expectation standard, all that stuff. Because I'm not going to lie, like, as it currently was constructed at four, there's a part of me that wouldn't even entertain, like, man, got to play for it. You got to get to the playoff. I'm like, man, that seems like such a freaking oh, pipe dream. It was it's an exclusive club that you couldn't even afford the fee to get in. Yes. Like, if you're Nebraska. Like, it was never even a – like, in my mind, I said they would never make the playoff. Right. Ever. In the 14, because of who you have to go through and the stars that have to align. It's just right. never going to happen. Right. When's Nebraska going to go 11 and 1? Right. Right. But never. now, but now you go, it's, I mean, it's still going to be hard. It's not like, all right, baby, here comes Nebraska, mainstay in the playoff. No, I mean, but it's, it's certainly a whole hell of a lot oh. more manageable today than it would, than it was in four. Go nine and three. Right. I mean, ironically, to reach the past level of greatness or at least get into a national championship conversation, you just have to reach the old standard. <laughs> nine wins, baby. Nine wins. The yep. coach, the reason you know you fired your old coach for nine wins. Well, that's what you need to get to now. Right. Nine um, wins. Even you know you go play you go play Ohio State competitive in the Big Ten championship game. Like you, you might be you might get in that thing. You might yeah. be will boat up in that thing. That boy will bolt up in that thing. Yeah, uh, because the last thing you want is the conversation of, geez, you can't even get into it when they expanded it to 12? Because yeah. you just have to get into the top 15 to be in the conversation, and you couldn't yeah. even do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the whole NIL combined with playoff expansion coming to a head here. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. I like it. Track. I like it. I like it. And uh, And I like the fact, well, I don't. Well, Tyler, do you? The fact that this podcast is over? I'm not happy about that. Sick and Nick. Yeah. Sick and Nick. Yeah. Sick and Nick show. Yeah. Here we go. Sick. Yeah. Nick. Playoffs. Sick. Yeah. Nick. Playoffs. Sick. Yeah. Nick. Playoffs. And the press is going to win a football game. Yes! A Huda Media Production.